that are chanted and the responses to some of the normal readings that we said today. We started the, the month of Kiyak, or, the, or actually the rites of the month of Kiyak. But I wanted to talk a little bit before I get into the sermon about sort of a little bit unique uh, thing in the calendar so that everybody can understand. If you were paying attention in the Sinaxar, the lives of the saints, I said that today was the 30th day of the month of Hatur. Hatur is the third month of the Coptic years, Tut, Beba, Hatur, and then the fourth month is Kiyak. Okay? And when the month of Kiyak starts, that's when all the rites of Kiyak start. So the hymns are a little bit different, the response is a little bit different, the gospel readings are special for Kiyak, which is the nativity uh, fast, the, the preparation for the nativity. But actually this year, we had to take uh, the last Sunday from Hatur and actually read the readings of the first Sunday of Kiyak because there are actually five readings that need to be read uh, during the month of Kiyak. The Annunciation of St. John, which is what we read today. The Annunciation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is what we'll read next week. Uh, the Visitation of St. Mary to Elizabeth, which we'll read in, in two weeks. The Birth of St. John. And then on the Feast of the Nativity, or actually the Baramon of the Feast of the Nativity, we will read the Gospel of the Birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. So because there wasn't enough weeks uh, to read all of those in, on Sundays, to have all of those on Sundays, the church takes the last Sunday of Hatur and makes it actually the first Sunday of Kiyak. So that's why even though the lives of the saints said today was the 30th of Hatur, we are acting as if it's the first Sunday of Kiyak, and even the readings are from the first Sunday of Kiyak. And like I said, the readings of the first Sunday is about the Annunciation of the birth of St. John the Baptist. Uh, during the month of Kiyak, the Sunday readings are all from the Gospel of St. Luke. And we hear today the Archangel Gabriel announcing the birth of St. John. And if I could summarize the Gospel sort of in just uh, one phrase or one sentence, I would say this, sometimes God is silent, but we should pray anyway. Sometimes you might feel like God is a million miles away. I need to worship Him anyway. Let Him know that you want to hear from Him. Ask Him to break the silence of heaven in your life. Many of us, you know, we find ourselves uh, in during certain periods of our life when we feel like we're not hearing the word of the Lord speak to our hearts or to our minds. Or we felt like, my prayers are not getting through. Or God is not very close to me. God has spoken to mankind throughout history. But there are periods of time when God seems to have been silent. Today, in the gospel, when we hear Archangel Gabriel speaking to Zacharias, we see and we hear God speaking to his people. But it's very easy for us to forget that the Word of God had actually been silent to the people of Israel for 400 years prior to this occasion. During this time, the people of Israel were largely controlled and dominated by outside forces. And there were no words of prophecies heard in Israel. The last word that God gave in the book of the Jewish Bible, the Old Testament, 
is in Malachi. He says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So God tells his people, I'm going to send somebody with the spirit of Elijah. And he's going to teach the people and he's going to turn their hearts back to God so that I do not destroy them. And today is the beginning of the fulfillment of those words with the beginning of the Gospel of St. Luke. So the message today for us is sometimes God is silent. Sometimes for long periods, God is silent. But I need to pray anyway. Sometimes I might feel that God is a million miles away. I should worship Him anyway. I should let Him know that I want to hear from Him. I should ask Him to break this silence in my life. The archangel says, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Maybe we sometimes we can gloss over those words very quickly, but can you imagine, or what is the feeling you would have if somehow, some way, God could tell you, your prayer is heard. I heard what you told me. I'm acknowledging what you said. The, arch the archangel, after many, many years of Elizabeth and Zacharias praying, for a baby acknowledges their prayer. He says, the Lord has heard your prayer. Your prayer is heard. Do we have the same promise? Do we have the same confidence? Do we have the same assurance? Let me read to you from the Epistle of St. John. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And this is what St. Peter says in his epistle, First Epistle chapter 3. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So remember, Zacharias and Elizabeth were righteous people. And God was hearing their prayers. Our Lord Jesus Christ Himself said, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What prayers have been coming from your heart lately? Maybe you feel God is not listening. But if your heart is right with Him, I am positive He is listening because that is the promise that He gave us in the Scripture. Now hopefully all of us, we know that prayer is not just about God for us to make requests to Him and for Him to grant whatever that we wish. Could He do that? Of course. He loves us actually too much for this, to do something that simple. What amazes me or what should amaze us about these verses is that God responds to the prayer of a humble, godly man and He blesses him and his wife. And at the same time, while giving them their desire, He uses this to bring about His divine plan. Fulfilling the word that we read in the Old Testament from Malachi. God broke those 400 years of silence and spoke through the angel with words of hope, with words of promise. We aren't told, the Gospel doesn't tell us how often Zechariah may have been praying to have a child. But we can see from the angel's words that he would be given an answer in his old age. 
He says, Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. These are words of promise. These are words of blessing, joy, delight, rejoice. Later, the Archangel says that he's going to be great in God's eyes. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's going to bring many back to the Lord. He'll go before the Lord bringing reconciliation and preparing the people for the Lord. His job, his mission, his calling in life was to prepare the way for our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can imagine Elizabeth and Zechariah after living with the disappointment of not being able to have children for decades. This older man is being told that his dream is going to come true. Knowing, of course, that this was an angel of God who spoke to him, Zechariah didn't exactly show too much faith. He would have known, being a priest, that what angels spoke came true from knowing his Hebrew Bible, from knowing the Old Testament thoroughly. But maybe he began to feel that he had been unjustly overlooked. Maybe he was offended at God because God withheld blessings of offspring for so long from them. Whatever the case, whatever the reason, Zechariah's response wasn't a response filled with faith. Zechariah asked the angel, how can this be? I'm an old man, my wife is old too. And the angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. So the question for ourselves, what do I do with my doubts? What do I do with my doubts? My advice usually to people dealing with doubts about maybe God's existence or about the church or about faith in general is to study what they can and to ask questions, search things out. God is not afraid of what you might find out. Because God said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is truth. And He is life to those who honestly seek Him. People who are hoping to find Him. And even many, I'm sure you've heard of people who set out to disprove God's existence, have been found by Him and begun to follow Him wholeheartedly. Zechariah reminded me actually a lot of one of the disciples, St. Thomas. He doesn't take just someone else's word for events. He had to see for himself before he was willing to believe. And Jesus was gracious with him. But he also gave a blessing. He said, blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. And this is the blessing that we are all called to have. God calls us to have a personal trust in Him. When God gives you an unmistakable promise, your best response is not, how can I be sure about that? Your best response is going to be closer to what we hear from St. Mary. Next week we'll see the Annunciation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even though she didn't know how she's going to give birth to a son, since at the time she was not married, her best response we find in the Gospel of St. Luke. He says, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be to me as you have said. Later, our Lord Jesus Christ, the son that she gave birth to, 
said the same or very similar words to God the Father. He says, your will be done. Every time there is an element of trust in our lives, there is also an element of surrender. Kind of like, you know, when you drive with somebody in the passenger seat and you drive with them and they're kind of not the best driver in the world. Maybe they drive a little bit fast. Maybe they take curves a little bit sharp. No matter how hard you kind of press on your invisible brakes that you have on the, in the shotgun seat, it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't change the, the car, right? The person that's in control is the driver. So there's an element of surrender in what I'm doing. You can ride with people and you think to yourself, well, maybe this is the time that it's time for me to go, you know? It's the same thing or similar with God for us. God is the one who is directing our lives if we allow Him to do so. If we insist on being the driver, then we will drive our own life and we will drive it our own ways. But for those of you who have maybe lived part of your lives or periods of your life away from God, you know the result of this. You know that, although maybe we all think we're good drivers, but drivers of our life, probably not that good. Better when God is driving. But it takes a level of surrender. It takes a level of surrender. So the message, if I want to continue the metaphor a little bit, is sometimes God will take me on a journey or on a ride that I feel to be too fast for me, too hard for me. The corners are too sharp for me. But I can tell you this, that we have to have trust in Him. Do I trust Him? Do I trust the person who is driving Him? By sitting in the passenger seat, you are inherently saying, I trust the driver. If you didn't trust the driver, you wouldn't go and sit down. God knows what He's doing. He knows what you're doing. And He knows how to bring those two activities closer together. God can be trusted with our lives, our dreams, our future. His plans actually for us are even bigger than our own greatest ambitions. Think about Zacharias. What did Zacharias want? He just wanted a kid. He wanted to have a child. God says, you know what? I'm going to give you a child. But I'm going to give you something way, way, way bigger. I'm going to give you a huge blessing. That the person who is going to be called by God himself, the greatest prophet born among women, is going to be your son. You can imagine those of us who have children, those of us who have sons and daughters, when our son or daughter does anything good, we're very happy. You know, they graduate kindergarten, we're kind of beaming. They have like a choir performance and we're taking pictures all the time. They graduate from high school and we're so happy. Can you imagine Zacharias and Elizabeth having God himself saying, this is the greatest prophet born among women. So God had a plan for Zacharias much greater even than Zacharias was asking for, than he was praying for. The Gospel ends, he says, after this, after this his wife became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. <coughs> we don't know what Zechariah was thinking or what he was going through in those nine months of silence. But I'm certain that God was working in his heart, strengthening his faith. What we do know is that what was promised became an ever-increasing reality in their life. Their son was going to be born, was going to grow up, and set the stage and prepare the way for the Lord, just as was promised. And while St. John was certainly, of course, a blessing to his parents, 
the greatest blessing was yet to come with the Messiah, the Savior of the world. The silence of God, those 400 years of silence had been broken, and God's plan to save the world had been set in motion. In Hebrews, St. Paul says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things. Through Him, He also made the world. The period of silence was over for the, period, for the people of Israel. And the period of silence can be over for us as well. God is still speaking through His Holy Spirit who affirms that our Lord Jesus Christ is everything that He claimed to be. God is speaking today if we are willing to listen. Maybe I'm going through what seems to be like silence from heaven for me. I haven't been hearing God's voice, experiencing God's presence in my life. And I wonder sometimes if I'm maybe falling short or if God maybe really has no interest in talking to me. Maybe God has been there all along. Maybe I couldn't hear Him. Or maybe I didn't notice Him. Maybe today is the day God will break this silence in your life. You may not receive a visit from the Archangel Gabriel, but you maybe will hear the still small voice, the unmistakable voice of God, letting you know that He has seen you, He has heard your prayers, and He's calling you to Himself. May God give us this perseverance in prayer and this strong faith as the faith of Zacharias. And glory be to our God forever and ever. Amen.